Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break. On Unsafe Space today is what? July 5th? Yep. It's Monday, July 5th. And I am joined by the lovely Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. Happy 4th of July, the day after. Happy 4th of July to you, the day after. Was it a good one? Oh, I'm sorry. I have this weird thing where my computer's also like playing. It's playing my video in my ear. I just muted my. I don't know what's going on. Okay. There's no windows open. It just <laughs> happens. I don't. I don't get it. My computer's so old. This other computer. It's just. Sorry. I'll stop complaining about that. We're back on our main channel. <laughs> And we welcome. And we don't know why. First time here. We do. Uh, this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays. It's called Coffee Break. We are for any new viewers. We are a culture podcast primarily. I would describe us as a culture podcast. We talk about ideology, philosophy, culture, and sometimes we do talk about politics because politics. We both believe politics is downstream from culture, so that's necessary at times. But I wouldn't describe us as a political podcast. We have another series called Deprogrammed, which is all about my old ideology. If you are interested in learning more about social justice ideology, which has become mainstreamed in the past year, uh, finding out what it is, if you're here for that reason, I would check out the Deprogrammed interviews because we've started lately just focusing on trying to make those as informative as possible and interviewing people like recently we interviewed uh, Grace, culture war, uh, culture war refugee who talked about social justice infiltrating her and her husband's nonprofit and how they dealt with that. Um, we talked to uh, Sirut Chawla, who is a psychologist in the UK who is blessedly not woke. And it was really interesting to talk about social justice ideology from a psychologist's perspective. Um, and then recently you've also talked to Jody Shaw, who you may know because she lost her job at Smith College because of institutionalized uh, racism. <laughs> which they wouldn't call it that, but that's what it is. As much as they like to talk about institutionalized racism, she lost her job for uh, not accepting the racist ideology that is being pushed at the college currently. Um, and she wanted to, to do a rap and they told her she couldn't do it because she's white. And uh, anyway, that's a very interesting interview as well. Okay, there we go. It's a long intro. No, that's all good. That's all good. Also, uh, we do have our... Retreat coming up in August. If you want to join, you can go to unsafespace.com and sign up. And I think we have a couple of spots left. Um, what else? We have a lot of day passes left and we have a couple of rooms left because some opened up yes. somehow. I'm not sure how, but somebody asked me we why were, they opened. We were being conservative because we weren't uh, sure okay. about like other people that were coming and we kind of now have a better idea of the number. So we opened up the final couple things. So, um, yeah, also this Sunday, I haven't actually started. Re I just actually, that's not true. I, I started reading 15 minutes ago. I just started the book. Uh, we have Book Club Catch 22 is this yes. Sunday. I didn't even realize it was a war book. I knew nothing oh, yeah. about book this Club, book. Catch 22 so. is. Uh, Steve Martin's in the chat. Steve Martin gives us $5 and oh, says, You're Welcome hilarious. Back I love to your the movies, land of man. the monetized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's Steve Marvin. Very close. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Marvin. <laughs> yeah, we're back in the land of the monetized. We're not sure how, but uh, yesterday I uploaded, I went to upload a video yesterday and there we were. It was working. So not going to complain. Uh, 
normal YouTube makes mistakes in our to our detriment this time I guess to our favor so uh, last thing before we jump into stuff uh, we've been doing this little advertisement for farm match <laughs> go to unsafespace.com farm and buy food from a local farmer and if you do that we get a tiny bit of money maybe uh, so and some and people have started so um, if you I'd love to actually hear your experience I know a few people have used it so let me know how it is uh, I haven't used it yet but I'm planning to this week all I haven't right. used it because can I tell you a really cool life hack? Uh, I I work a lot of gig jobs. People know that ever since, uh, if you are new to this channel, Carter and I both have given up parts of our career in order to say what we want to say on this podcast. I used to be in entertainment management. I managed comedians. Um, the only one you may have heard of is Margaret Cho. Maybe Maybe Debbie Kamal Bell, who's still on CNN. I say people know that guy. Yeah. People know him now. I worked primarily with social justice comedians back because I was a big social justice person. Um, and I no longer do that. And I work gig jobs, which makes a lot less money. But it is, I can say whatever I want. I have fun. I'm always doing something different. And one of the jobs that I and several of my housemates have done now is work farmer's markets for different organic farms. And my current friend and housemate is working at one of these farms now. And let me tell you, my old housemate and I, I thought we brought home a lot of fresh vegetables. No, she's a hustler. Every day I come home and she's like, look at all this organic beef and eggs I traded for. And I got you honey and the best kind of coffee and, and like beets and all both, both kinds of kale and the, and the eggplants and watermelon and uh, all kinds of hot peppers and ghost peppers and, Anyway, it doesn't pay a whole lot, but if you are looking for another, uh, not to undercut your farm thing that we're doing, no, but it's not my farm thing. It's our farm thing. Our so farm thing, clear. right? It's <laughs> is you can also get a job working at a farmer's market, and it's. I, I cool. will support that as well because that is. I don't know if you or she know that what you're that what you're doing. That's agorism. You're not paying taxes. You're bartering. You are off the grid. Living, we're totally doing your thing. we had to get my husband and i got another freezer specifically because she's bringing home so much meat and yeah. the egg, there's so many eggs it's just it's like awesome and yeah, honey I, I would good. i would come home with like a little bag but this girl's a hustler <laughs> <laughs> she gets stuff done <laughs> she strikes me as the kind of person that if she was really pushy with a vendor like they would just agree <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And she's Here's so the great. Meat you want, I'll take your mushrooms. She's like bringing home stuff she doesn't even like. She's like, I've never had okra before. Here's a big mess of okra. I'm like, great. I'm going to fry it up. <laughs> now you get to try okra. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's some good agorism going on. And uh, mm -hmm. see, you don't need Bitcoin to do agorism. You can, you can Just, barter at the farmer's yeah, market. Yeah. Barter. Yeah. All right. There's a, a lot has happened. I had a whole bunch of stuff that I was going to talk about on Friday, but we didn't get to it. Plus, there's been more stuff going on. What do you, do you have things that you're very excited about, Carrie? That you wanna you wanna talk uh, about? I got to go to a delightful Fourth of July. I know we're still doing the small. I don't care. I haven't talked to you. You're my friend. I haven't talked to you all weekend. I went to a really cool party mm -hmm. yesterday for the Fourth of July, and it was. I saw the pictures on uh, Twitter or whatever with the bear. 
Oh yeah, the dick. Oh, I should have taken photos of the inside of this room. It was amazing. So my husband was playing music. He he and his um, violinist at, at this private party. Actually, I crashed two two of his private parties this weekend. <laughs> it's cool. You get to meet interesting people and go to different. Anyway, this house was amazing, and they ha- he had all kinds of historic antique guns and animal print decor, and you know, lots of animal heads on the wall and. Um, knew a lot about Texas history, this guy, and just a lot of interesting people there. And uh, it was really nice to celebrate Independence Day with people who um, are a bit older and for whom it means a lot. And not to, not to say it doesn't mean a lot for younger people either, but I was just thinking about the difference in generations and what you what we grew up with as being the norm in our generation versus their generation. And, you know, before we had dinner, he, one of the guys there uh, blessed the meal. And then we all sang God bless America. And as we were singing it, I realized, wow, I don't remember the last time I sang this song. I had forgotten some of the words. It's been so long. And I, don't think I know the words to it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? But that generation knew all the words and I stumbled over a few, but I, I, it came back to me as, you know, like riding a bicycle. It's like, oh, yeah, I know. But it's been so long. that We don't have occasion to sing songs like that, you know. And anyway, it was just really nice to to spend it with people who appreciated it because so much of my life, my, my young adult life that was spent in the social justice world is all about denigrating and tearing down holidays and tearing down anything that unites us as one tribe, as one nation, and, and just destroying all of that, destroying everything that every ritual, everything that's sacred that binds us all together as one people. And instead focus, you know, my old ideology just focuses on dividing us and and stripping the joy out of everything. And so I had been used to viewing the 4th of July, the way Alyssa Milano does apparently, uh, according to her feed. Yeah. As just this awful thing, you know, Oh, it's so oppressive. And, you know, it's not just white people talking out their bum, pretending to speak on behalf of people of color and stuff. And it's so condescending. It's so, you know what, woke white people, you're so racist. You don't get to speak for people of color. You don't get to say they don't enjoy 4th of July. You know, stop trying to put well, your beliefs in the into the mouths and minds of other people. You don't represent them. Do you remember? Do you remember when we talked about how Biden named Juneteenth National, or sorry, like, oh um, yeah, and he like had the word Independence Day in there somewhere, yes. right? It was like Juneteenth Black Independence Day. I, I don't remember exactly what the words were, but remember how we talked about that? And I was like, oh, this is just a plan to usurp actual Independence Day. Well, I saw people on Twitter kind of saying, well, I'm celebrating not Fourth of July, but I'm celebrating. I'm going to celebrate. Juneteenth today, even though it's not Juneteenth anymore, they're like, Fourth of July is horrible, so I'm celebrating the, the yeah. Black Independence Day. Um, so it ha- I thought it would take like a year for that to happen, but yep. like already. two weeks later, they were they were on that crap already. Already, um, division. And I also saw. Did you see this article in the Washington Post about Frederick Douglass? Oh yeah, I shared that. What a load of crap! What a, what a load of crap! Yeah, yeah. So the title, the headline Put is. Yeah, I've got it right here. Um, it's actually, I'm not subscribed, so it's kind yeah, of difficult to bring don't up. Don't give but them a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Keep um, your cabbage. In fact, hold on. Let me. 
no cabbage for the WAPO. Yeah, let me pull up start. a private browser window. Hold on. So because I can... we were recently banned for two weeks, we have to get better at using the 1920s lingo so we can avoid censorship. So don't give your cabbage to the legacy media. Yeah, it's not letting me. It's not letting me. I don't know why. Oh, really? It's not letting me look at the article. But I can do this. Hold on. You can just do select all and copy all the text before their little thing comes up and then just paste the text in a text app. So I'll, I, now I can read it. I have the text. So okay. um, the title of this thing, so I, I mean, I didn't actually read the whole article, I'll, I'll admit. So maybe I'm kind of doing what we shouldn't do, which is like I read it, judging it. Um, it. So, okay, you can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong. But the title says, Frederick, Frederick, excuse me, Frederick Douglass had nothing but scorn for July 4th. Um, and that's patently false. They're, they're, they're citing his speech. He gave an Independence Day speech in yep. 1850 something. I don't remember the exact date, 52, maybe somewhere around there at the Corinthian Hall. And in that speech, he did express scorn for the celebration of July 4th, but he was very careful about how he he separated. I, he, he was just very clearly separating two things that they are trying to conflate. What they mean with this headline is they're trying to paint Frederick Douglass as a an OG SJW, like an OJ 1619 project kind of right. guy. Uh, an OG, oh, did I say OJ? Maybe also an OG, OG one, uh, and like an OG sixteen nineteen project kind of guy who hated America, right? That's not who Frederick Douglass was. Um, what what he said very clearly was the principles outlined in the Declaration of Independence. He didn't exactly say these words, but I'll paraphrase. Were fucking awesome. <laughs> These were the right principles, right? Yes. These were great principles. They are noble principles. They should be celebrated. What he correctly chastised people for and said, hey, you're inviting this black man to celebrate Independence Day. He said, well, I don't have independence. And he was speaking about how the principles that were prescribed in the Declaration of Independence had not been universally applied, that there was a hypocrisy existent in the system. Yeah. And there was. He was right. The document said one thing and outlined principles which were noble and he supported and he was simultaneously ridiculing society for not actually living up to those principles. They yeah. were they were hypocritical about this. And that was his criticism. Go read the speech. We can find the speech. Can I read actually part of the speech cuz so yeah, I go ahead. Pulled, first first of all once you told me the title of the Washington Post article, I realized we're talking about two different articles. Oh, okay. okay. So I read one in the Boston Globe, and mm. it was about – it's a different title. I'll have to look it up. But it was about uh, basically saying that the Supreme Court just took a hammer blow to the Voting Rights Act by upholding the new laws in Arizona, voting the voting laws in Arizona, and that this is – it goes against – everything Frederick Douglass believed. And, and they also, that writer also took this speech out of context and tried to drape Frederick Douglass's historic important words around her load of crap. 
that these voting laws in Arizona are racist, which is a load of, so she's selling you a lie. She never tells you what's in the voting laws. First of all, she never, ever, ever, you have to go outside her piece to find out what's actually in the Arizona law that she's talking about instead, which, which if you do that, you find out they made it a felony to do uh, what was already illegal uh, ballot harvesting. They made that a felony and they won't allow you to cast a ballot in the wrong precinct. And she says, this is all, this is racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never tells you what's actually in the bill so you can decide for yourself if it's racism. Just tells you it's racist and then tells you Frederick Douglass would be against this. Wrong. And you're using the words of uh, a brilliant man and a man, those words were historic and they helped to, they helped to hold our country up to those principles. And so that we would live up to those principles and you're twisting his words, you're mischaracterizing them, you're lying to people about what he said and you're dishonoring his name when you do that. And it made me so angry. I, I reacquainted myself with that speech of his, like you did. It's funny that we both were thinking about that. Here's a here's a quote from that. I, speech I actually of his. didn't reread it this year. I read it last year, but I haven't read it in like a year. So I'm just going from memory. So we're going to put the link here because it's it's you can find it free online. It's called What to the Slave is the Fourth of July. It was written in 1852. You absolutely should read this because it says the exact opposite of what these people are claiming, what these woke people are claiming. You should read this. So here's a here's a paragraph. Pride and patriotism, not less than gratitude prompt you to celebrate and to hold it, meaning this day, in perpetual remembrance. I have said that the Declaration of Independence is the ring bolt to the chain of your nation's destiny. So indeed, I regard it. The principles contained in that instrument, meaning the Declaration of Independence, that instrument, are saving principles. Stand by those principles. Be true to them on all occasions, in all places against all foes like these wicked op-ed writers today in the Washington Post and the Boston Globe, um, in all places against all foes and at whatever cost, at whatever cost. That's just yep. one section of this. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant essay. It's a brilliant speech. Everyone should it's have to great, read this in school and do not allow people to tell you what it says. Go read it. Yeah, and if you want to, I think we actually did a discussion of this last year on June 19th, Juneteenth. So if you want to go see our discussion about that speech in particular, I think we covered it on a coffee break kind of extensively a year ago. On, on it was June. on July 4th, actually. Oh, the YouTube yeah. says it was June 19th. Oh, okay. So. I thought it was July 4th. Because at the time, <laughs> you know June who 10th. it was last year? It was uh, Colin Kaepernick last year was, if I recall correctly, was the one saying, Fredericks Douglas did, didn't celebrate the 4th of July and doesn't think we should celebrate. And, and again, right. completely mischaracterizing the, wor the words of Frederick Douglass, the opinions of Frederick Douglass, and the character of Frederick Douglass, quite frankly. And Yeah, I mean, he didn't think that it should be celebrated. That's kind of true. That speech has yes. some fiery language in it. Then, but there was a context. He didn't think it should be celebrated because their slaves were still in existence. There's, there was, the principles weren't right. being applied universally. The principles were That's not being not applied. That's not true anymore. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> so, he was saying, let's live up to what's in this document. Right. And there's no defense of slavery in this document and the way the founders intended. And you know, you know what else would be a great old episode to revisit if people haven't seen it and they're new to the channel? 
we got to interview uh, Dr. William Allen, who's a professor of history. Yes, he's a professor of history. You will not hear him lauded from the mainstream media. You will not hear his name as an expert and someone you should pay attention to the way you will um, con artists like Ibram X. Kendi. Why? Because Dr. William Allen is uh, speaks speaks against things like the six re, 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 reimagining of our co- country's history. He speaks against things like the 1619 Project, and uh, and he's a black man who does so, a, a black doctor who does so. So they doubly can't stand him. And he <laughs> he had a great. I mean, he had he just in that short interview, he was telling us a lot about the founding fathers and what they intended by in, enshrining these principles in in our founding documents and how uh, I think it was what uh, was it Washington he was talking about had the foresight to say culturally we're not at a place yet where people are going to accept certain things, but but he could he had the vision to see where we would be, and he gave us history I didn't even know about, about how uh, in, in his will and testament, do you remember this? He said yeah, if, he, yes. if he died, his, uh, he didn't free his slaves upon his death because he knew at the time that the law, like that his wife would be the executor of his estate and he didn't trust his wife to do it. And so he had them freed upon her death. Like he, right. he kind of pre-planned certain things and I had never heard things like that before. It was a, it was a really great uh, discussion and I'm stumbling over recalling cause it's been a year or two since we talked to him, but I need to revisit yeah, it's that been one. A while, but it was a great, <laughs> it was a great interview. Um, yeah. We should, we should find that Beverly, if you want to find it and throw it, there you go. She just did. She's thinking ahead. All right. Um, also, by the way, Sarah Beth Rosenberg, do you know who that is? No, I don't uh, think so. I don't. I don't know. She's some check mark on Twitter. Um, oh, a check mark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who that. I don't know. I who don't she know who is. It is. But she also, um, she also says this is, and this is. I guess it's it's less related to the Fourth of July and more related to Fred, Frederick Douglass's speech in particular. But it's a case of there's been a lot of gaslighting going on lately from the left, um, and one of the gaslighting things is about. Uh, critical race theory and about the pushback in schools. And so she's, she references his speech and she says, Dear states who've passed the anti-history laws, are teachers no longer allowed to let their students read this Frederick Douglass speech? This is one of the most important speeches in American history. It addresses the hypocrisy and cruelty of slavery, and you're banning that. Now, I just want to be no, clear. No, they're not banning that. <laughs> right. They're not banning that at all. In fact... No. No one has ever, ever proposed anything like banning that. In fact, I would I would venture to say that most people pushing against critical race theory in schools would actually encourage uh, yes. the reading and analysis of that particular speech. Like we just that did. That speech we just said is not just, a CRT speech. It's not a CRT right? speech. We just said that speech should be mandatory. I would be happy with it being mandatory. <laughs> well, I don't even think schools should be mandatory. But yeah, sure. Right? Um, so that's... This is a so they've done. I don't know if you've seen. So we talked about Joy Reid. I think we talked about Joy Reid saying, maybe we didn't remember. Like last yeah. week, she said yeah. that critical race theory is a legal theory, right? Yeah. It's not a. It's not a. These people don't know what they're talking about. It's a legal theory, uh, which is yeah. just patently false. Um, we've talked about in the past. Critical theory generally arose from the Frankfurt School. 
um, and 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 Gramsci, and then the Frankfurt School, and and then it was applied to many things. Uh, there's critical, you know, there's gender theory and all that stuff. It's all they're all critical theories. Yes, the term critical, critical race, race theory. theory did come from Kimberly Crenshaw, to my, the best of my knowledge, who was a lawyer. Um, but it's not it's not a legal theory. It's being taught well outside of law schools. It has nothing to do with legal. I mean, it's not legal theory. Some lawyers talked about it. Yes, Kimberly Crenshaw wouldn't argue that intersectionality is a legal theory, even though she invented it. That's not. It's not a legal theory. It's a philosoph. It's a philosophical theory, and it's being applied everywhere, not just in law. And so, uh, so there. So she made that argument, and then they're now they're making this argument that CRT is not being taught in schools, and that's kind of correct. They're not teaching CRT in in young to young kids. They're teaching the results of CRT. CRT is a, a, a philosophic apparatus for how to view the world. They are teaching that in in colleges and you know talking about it amongst each other. But then they're distilling the points of that and they're teaching the the conclusions of critical race theory to children. So they are teaching. They might not be teaching the philosophy of critical race theory, but they're teaching the conclusions of critical race theory, which is probably worse um, because you can't, there's no analysis of the conclusions. Uh, it's just, you know, telling kids, hey, uh, white people are bad. You're, you're inherently racist because you're white, right? Critical theorists would, you know, if you're going to learn critical theory, you might learn that as the conclusion, but you would learn all the background philosophy behind why that's the case. Um, so, the gaslighting has been kind of crazy to watch because it's continuing. Yeah. The left really will not let this go. And they're trying to mock conservatives for using CRT. They're, they're saying conservatives, but anyone who's not woke, right? They're trying to mock us for using CRT as it, like it's not a real thing. Like, oh, we, we, <laughs> you're so, just delusional. That's not a real thing. It's not anywhere. So I, I know you had a point to bring this up, but since you before you yeah. get to that point, don't forget what that point is. Since you brought it up, I want to jump in here now. Sure. It doesn't, it is being taught in schools. It doesn't matter. Like uh, this whole conversation is what they want, not to discourage us from having it. I'm just saying they, as you've talked about before, they just use words to manipulate. They don't use words to actually right. have greater understanding and, and to, for two different people to understand each other, other better. And so the people who've been criticizing social justice ideology and under that umbrella of social justice ideology, social justice, different parts of it goes by different names. There's critical race theory, there's intersectionality, there's queer theory, there's feminism, there's um, third right. wave feminism. Part of the woke right, gender yep. theory. It's all part of the woke ideology. It's all part of social justice ideology. And instead of actually responding to the very valid criticisms of teaching children to be racist, which is what we're doing. That's what's in the schools yes. right now. It doesn't matter what you call it. What we're teaching effectively, we're teaching kids to be racist and sexist and otherists. Right. And in the name of, in the name of, this is the greatest evil, we're saying it so we can end sexism and racism. No, we're teaching racism and sexism to children. And instead of arguing with that, and trying to provide a defense for, well, here's why we need to teach kids to be racist. They don't want to do that because that's hard to do. And, but they've done it. They know how to do that too. They will do that too, but they're not there yet. They're doing what's easier, which is all distraction. It's like, well, that's not CRT. This over here is CRT. CRT isn't in schools, dummies. 
this over here. Like it's all massive distractions so that then everybody, they throw these smoke bombs and then it's like, everybody starts talking about, well, is it CRT? Is there a CRT in schools? And at the boil all of this down to the, the basics, the fundamentals, when you're talking to people and they want to argue, because I've seen in the past two weeks, I'm glad you brought this up, Carter. People have been contacting me and sending me screenshots of conversations they're having now online. And that's awesome. They're like, hey, this person on my Facebook is arguing with me about CRT. And guess what they're saying? They're saying all the stuff that Joy Reid and all the top down people are telling them to say. They're just knee jerk saying that's not CRT. CRT isn't even in schools. That's not CRT. CRT isn't even in schools. That's not CRT. It's like a robot. And that's why I, that's why I, that was my point. I yeah. called it gaslighting for a reason. It is gaslighting. gaslighting you. Right. It's, it's, it's not, they're not teaching it's, the philosophy. They're applying the philosophy to your children. To and Marie Brisky just said that in chat. And like, that's the right way to think about it. Yeah, they're not just, saying, then, let's read Kimberly Crenshaw's okay. fourth graders. Okay. They're saying, here's how to be like, let's, we've, we've read Kimberly Crenshaw. We're going to teach fourth graders to be racist. They're applying, yeah, they're applying CRT it. to schools. That's, that's the danger. Right. And right? so the thought, uh, so, so people are contacting me saying they're having these conversations now and people are repeating the robotic language and they're saying, that's not CRT. CRT isn't in schools. That's not CRT. Don't get my advice is don't get into that back and forth with them. It's not even worth it because they want you in the weeds. They want you debating endlessly about what is CRT and what is the meaning of this word and what's the meaning of this word and what's the meaning of this and we'll look at this. That's nonsense distraction. Here's what you say to them. Say children are being taught that we should judge and treat each other differently on the basis of race. Do you think that we should teach children to judge and, and treat each other differently on the basis of race? Tear it all down. Get rid of all the language and all the stuff they use to distract you. And at the end of the day, they either have to defend that, make them defend that, or they're going to deny it, or they're going to try to deny that too. And that's easy to prove. It doesn't matter about uh, You can show them where kids are being taught to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. They have two options. They can deny that or they can defend it. So right. and you that can would do be the my same practical for, advice. Right. Yeah. And you can do the same thing for the trans stuff, which is not CRT, but right. it's a kind of a postmodernism mm-hmm. crap. You can do that. You can do the same thing. Um, and, you know, I, I think we need to go on the, I personally think we need to go on the offensive instead of the defensive. And like, I think that's the right defense. I would rather just say, what should you be teaching children? Let's just start with a blank slate. What should you teach children? Right. Individualism. That's what you should teach children. Like you have freedom and responsibility go together. You're responsible for your actions. You judge people based on the actions. Um, you go back, if you want to start quoting Martin Luther King, you can say the content of your character matters. Um, as, as we've talked with Josh Slocum, they don't like mm-hmm. the word character anymore because it implies uh, agency and moral responsibility. Like, that's what you should be teaching children. And, you know, I think the problem is the left, the barrage from the left is never ending. If all you're doing is dodging bullets, remember the scene in the in the Matrix before Neo like totally goes out of the Matrix and can control bullets, but he's dodging bullets on the roof and he dodges a bunch of bullets. But there's so many, eventually one clips him in the leg, right? There's there's too many bullets. They are, if it's not, 
if it's not, they'll, they'll just switch their tactics. Yeah. If, if you if you argue against what they're teaching in one way, they'll just switch and and they'll maybe they won't even focus on race for a little while. They'll switch yeah. their focus to something else and they'll come back to race a little bit later when you're not paying. Like there, it's a constant barrage of yeah. crap, and you need to know what's the purpose of school. What's the purpose of sending your child to school? And frankly, I don't think you should be sending your kid to school for any sort of philosophy in the first place. That's your job uh, to, to instill moral codes in them. But if you're going to send them to school and you're going to have the school instill them any kind of philosophy, the school's really only, I mean, the only responsible thing to do is to say, hey, well, reason is how we learn about the world, reason and evidence. There's an objective reality. Let's let's do some science, right? Let's like, let's let's cultivate your your ability to use reason and to th critically think. And um, and if you want to get into to morals in a school, clearly it should be individualism and not uh, this collectivist crap. And there's, a, it's frustrating for, for hundreds of years, the collectivists have been doing the same thing. And we're always like, well, not that form of collectivism, that form of collectivism is wrong. And they're, and then like, they push at it for a while. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. But if they don't win, they just switch to a different form of collectivism. And then we're all like back on our heels again, like, oh, oh, a new collectivist argument. Well, not that collectivist argument. That's wrong because of these reasons. Like the whole thing's crap. Collectivism is crap. Get rid of it. Um, and so don't let them, don't let them be on, I, look, you know, I have my view of schools anyway. Don't. <laughs> Probably don't send your kid to school, but if you're sending your kid to school, know what you want from the school. Yeah. Um, and if you're not getting what you want, then don't send them. I mean, actually, I'll be honest. If you could teach, I would be fine with teaching kids critical race theory at school if they were also taught, like if you, if you first teach individualism and critical thinking and then you say here's what the critical race theorists have to say the kids are inoculated like the kids are right. inoculated my daughter thinks it's ridiculous i could send her to a crt indoctrination camp right now and she would be like she would come home going these people are insane because once you know how to think once you've adopted reason as your standard once you understand the the moral value of individualism all this stuff falls apart. None of it makes any sense. It's all self-contradictory. It's all anti-human. It's it's vile crap. And it's obvious. And anyone can see it if they're armed intellectually uh, with the tools necessary to expose it. And that's not that hard to arm them. I'm going to give you a couple more. Sorry. I know. In I our audience, I'm going to give you a couple more practical tips for these discussions you're having. Don't even go into the weeds that they want you to go into. First of all, don't even go there. It's a waste of time and you'll be there forever and you never get to talk about what's actually important. What's important is should our kids be taught to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race or not? Um, if they tell you one of the other things they're saying now is uh, like what Carter just said. Oh, they don't want us to be able to teach Frederick Douglass's. That's a lie. That's a bold faced lie. And you can say that calmly. That is a lie. Um, slavery history has always been taught in schools. It should be taught in schools. Frederick, you can even say, if you've read that, you should read that essay. And if you've read it and you love it, you should say, I, I love that essay. I personally think they, everybody should have to read that essay. So no, that's a lie. And I'm not going to allow you to put forth lies. You can, you know, this, these bills, I would ask them, here's another good tip. Ask them what part of the bill what part of the bill specifically, I want you to quote the language that you have a problem with, because clearly you've read it and you have a problem with it. So 
what what part of the language do you have a problem with? Because where's the racism? Yeah, where's the racism in the bill? Show me. Because then you're going to have to again, you have to force them to show you what they have a problem with. Do you know what most of these bills say? You should read them yourself. I so you, you have to form an opinion based on actually having read it yourself. Okay, so some one of the ones I read says uh, it's. There, there. You cannot teach in the schools that one race is superior to another race. Do they have a problem with that? Do you have a problem with saying that in school you can't teach one race is superior to another race? You know, make them go through and read it because then put them on the spot. Put them on the spot about about actually factually what's in the bill and what kids are being taught. And don't let them lose you and take you on a trip into the weeds where it's like CRT is this and it's that. And it's not in schools and it's up and it's down and it doesn't matter. Get 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 back to the roots of it. So anyway, I just know a lot of people are asking, like, what do I say in this case? What do I say? Here's what they're saying. And so I was thinking about, like, what are some practical things just to. Yeah, just no, I, to, think, I think yeah. that's good, Carrie. But I, I would maybe say it depends and maybe look, I'm a little bit more cynical, maybe, but I would say it depends on who they is, um, because the the normie, your normie neighbor who's confused by this and is asking these questions, like all that stuff is great. Like you can you can distill it down and say, hey, well, what is the problem with the bill? Or do you think our children should be taught to judge people based on the color of their skin? Like that person's open to argument, and they will like because they're kind of figuring it out, and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't understand this, right? But uh, the people higher up in the the power pyramid in in social media uh, and mainstream media and academia, the people that are kind of pushing this, they're not, as we've talked about before, uh, you got to understand rational argument is not their standard. No. They, you cannot argue with them rationally. And those people, my recommendation, and maybe Carrie's got a different one, I just walk away, just dismiss them. Don't like, there's no, you're arguing with someone who, you know, one of the reasons that one of the, the most important things about reason is it's how you communicate to another person. And mm-hmm. you should, when you're having a conversation and you're both using reason and you have the premise that objective reality exists, well, you're trying to come at some truth. You're on, there's an assumption that you're both looking for a truth, that there is a truth that one or both of you might have it or might not have it or parts of it. And you're trying to uncover that truth together through discussion. That's not how the the people running the radical left movement think. They are completely, this is why a lot of these, these phrases like uh, facts don't care about your feelings. This is why this stuff resonates with people because they are completely emotionally driven. They are, they're, exercising their own broken psychology on mass and they're they not they're not having a discussion with you they may be using words that sound like they're having a discussion but try and have the discussion and very quickly you'll understand they're not it's not that they maybe they can't think rationally i think it's that they're choosing not to think rationally yeah. their elephant as as jonathan Haidt would say their elephant is like wildly out of control and the rider's not even trying to rein the elephant in the rider's given up and is just like yep my job is completely to justify whatever the elephant's doing i'm not even there's no attempt at reining the elephant in right um yeah so those people can't be argued with uh what's the what's what's the line from the terminator that i've used before it can't be reasoned with it can't be bargained with 
It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop until CRT is everywhere or whatever the thing. Like, that's yeah. it. That's that's their goal. Um, yeah. They're not someone to be reasoned with. There's a very good, I want to plug this YouTube channel. So okay. I just saw this one, and I haven't even had a chance to send it to you yet, Carter. But trust me, there's this guy on YouTube. I put the link in the chat. His name is Ryan Chapman. He... He needs. He has about eight thousand followers. He's doing a great service. I think his channel is going to grow pretty quickly, and he's doing. Uh, I would recommend you start with the video, a guide to critical race theory, if you do want to know, get more in depth than what I the tips we were already giving. He will go through and break these things down in a very uh, non biased way. He does. In fact, if you read through most of the comments, they're like. Thank you. I've been looking for someone to give me a short video with definitions that aren't telling me what to think about it one way or the other. And he does that. And the great thing is if you're talking to a person who is based in reason, who has not already made up their mind and, and knows how to use critical thinking skills, like actual critical thinking, not critical theory. Um, when you listen to his videos, you'll also see that a lot of the people who are, who are making up their mind for the first time are like, thank you for this. No, you didn't tell me what to think about it. You told me what it is. Here are some problems I have with it immediately. You know, <laughs> like, you know, they're seeing it for themselves. So, yeah. and he's, he's, he's doing that from what I can tell. He's using his channel to do a lot of videos like that, that are just trying to strip, strip away any opinion one way or the other and just, and give you source material quotes and everything from the, from the source material to tell you, explain what these concepts are. That's if you want to get in the weeds and you want to feel, or maybe not get in the weeds, but at least have, feel like you have a background enough to be able to, if you needed to, um, I would say, watch those Ryan Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. And probably you're not going to be, most of the people that you're going to argue with don't, I mean, they're not, you're not arguing directly with uh, Robin D'Angelo or someone who's devoted her life to this. No, but sometimes you'll be arguing with one in your town who has. I mean, proxy. Yeah, my, yeah. So one of the SJW priest, high priestesses in my town, little town, I saw she just did a real narcissistic video <laughs> about uh, called uh, Critical Race Theory. That was the title, too. And in it, she's uh, just pushing a lot of the stuff that the top-down high priests are saying. She's doing the same thing. She's right. doing the same. But because my little town, all the all the woke white women here, it's mostly white women. They go to her to get their marching orders. So it sometimes you'll have an you'll have someone like that in your town or your book club or your library or your kid's school who's who's sort of a high priest or priestess of this woke ideology and so you may be arguing with one of them the people carter's talking about who have who are not coming at it with good faith and right. yeah it's yeah anyway. and i and in that case your best thing to, that you can do is kind of show other people listening to the conversation like one on one yes. i actually don't think it's even worth ever talking to them because you're never going to convince them they're not using reason. It doesn't matter. But in front of a crowd, yes. it can be worth talking to them. Uh, but your yes. goal is not to, to to convince them or win them over. Your goal is to expose Correct. their idiocy to the people, the bystanders watching. Actually, Johnny Boy Quickdraw just gave us a super chat of $10. Thank you, Johnny Boy. And he says, oh. when you debate someone on one of these SJW topics, 
Your goal should not be to win in a normal sense. You can't anyway. It should be to expose their lies and in so doing uh, sway or bring onlookers to your side. Yes. Exactly. Johnny boy. Yeah. I, I have an embarrassing thing to say, but uh, I'm yeah. just going to say this because maybe there's other idiots like me who, when they first heard this, when I first heard the words critical theory, it was like 15 years ago. And it was from someone who was in college and had had just graduated, I guess, and then studied. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had studied some kind of feminist theory, all, all that kind of crap, right? Um, I, in my brain, critical theory sounded good to me because I conflated it with critical thinking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good thing, like critical yeah. theory, like, oh, being being rational and critical of theories or whatever, like that, that sounds good. It sounds like a thinking thing. Um, and just, I, I know that's obvious and, and everyone watching here probably already knows that, but you don't feel else? bad if that's your knee gut, like your, your gut reaction is like, it sounds okay. And I think a lot of people probably think critical theory sounds okay. Why would you be against critical theory? It sounds like critical thinking. It's the, you know opposite. what else sounds good? You know what else sounds good? Anti-fascist, Antifa, yes. uh, right. Black Lives Matter. Uh, you right. know, they're very good at naming things. Anti-racism. Yep. Yeah. Anti-racism. That sounds good, doesn't it? Social mm -hmm. justice. I've had people say, why would you be opposed to social justice? Right. It sounds really good, right? Right. Because like actual justice. Feminist, women's rights. It sounds really good. Right. I'm for women's rights. I believe Black Lives Matter. You know, I'm anti-fascist. I'm anti-racist, right? But then you look at what these things are. It's that I will, I will never forget. And I, I, I wish I remember who had who said this in our chat one day. Somebody said this, and it made me laugh so hard. Do you go shop? Do you only shop at Best Buy because you think they have the best buys? Right. <laughs> but it's called Best Buy. But it's called Best Buy. <laughs> and by the way. Uh... It was called National Socialism. Yeah. It was called National Socialism. <laughs> That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sounded pretty good, right? Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's do some Super Chats because we've missed a bunch. And we have Super Chats today. I'm, I love that we have Super Chats. Uh, okay. You already read Steve Marvin's. Andrew Joyner says, welcome back from the naughty step, you deviants. Thank you. Yay, thank you, Andrew. B. Allen, can I read B. Allen's? B. Allen gives us $5. Thank you, B. Allen. And says, Carter, your daughter is impressive. An extremist, but impressive. What do you expect? Of course, she's an extremist. Uh, no, thank you. You know what? I meant to say something about the word extremism, and I've said this before, but I want to say it again because I, I meant to say it on Friday, and the conversation got away. Uh, extremism as such is not a moral judgment it, like and they use so people who want to hide what they're talking about in sometimes they're hiding it from themselves because they don't really know what they're talking about sometimes they're hiding it from you intentionally they use vague language um extremism is a vague it's a vague word what is it what does it mean what is why is extremism bad what does it mean what does it mean to be extremely healthy, right? Extremely good. Hey, this is an extremely awesome system. Like extremism, it, the implication is that 
you're off the rails crazy somewhere, that you've got some theory and you're taking it to an extreme, the, the underlying implication there and the premise that's never questioned is, uh, is a false premise, which is that uh, no theory ever works in reality and you've got to compromise on all theories and be kind of a pragmatist underneath it all and, and being extreme in any one direction is bad. Well, that's true if none of your theories are reality-based then yes, you can't go too far with them because you'll go off, uh, you know, you'll run yourself off a cliff. But if your theory is a theory about reality and it's tied to reality and it has, for example, like the scientific method has self-correcting mechanism in it, then you can't be like when you're doing physics, no one says that's, you know what? I liked your paper, but it was extremely uh, scientific. So it was bad. Like I'm sorry, but your I'm I'm sorry, but your math is extremely correct. Like, well, okay, that's not bad. Extremism is used because they don't want to name what their problem is. Their problem isn't with extremists. Their problem is with the ideas that they are fighting, which are usually some form of individualism, and they're usually fighting for collectivism. They're happy to. They love the collectivist extremists, right? They love. What do you think Antifa is? <laughs> That's definitely extremism in a particular direction. So I just don't like the uh, I don't like the laziness of using a word like extremism because you're not actually saying anything. You 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 say the word extremism because you want some pats on the back from your fellow man. That's like yes, you're a reasonable person because you don't like extremism, but you haven't actually said anything. Extremism doesn't re- it's like being against an adjective. It doesn't mean anything. All right. My dog's extremely adorable. So Kent, hello, Kent. He gives us $3.99 and says the FBA rhetoric of Tariq Nassim is pretty scary. Uh, I haven't, I'm not sure. Maybe he means FBI. But Tariq Nassim, I know who that is on Twitter, and he is pretty scary. Uh, Beverly Clark said, uh, no, oh, sorry. Beverly sent me the Alabama toolbox. (laughs) Five dollars. Sorry. Uh, thank you. Says if the U.S. keeps going in the same direction, which is towards woke and social justice, etc. What do you think our country will be like in twenty years and beyond? Well, Go I have it, some Carrie. predictions. Um, you know, I was at I was at a women's Bible study this morning, and we got on this topic towards the end. This wasn't the subject of the Bible study. It just, you know. People we like were kind of this question and yeah, where question, yeah. it's a real question. And, and the women in the room were a bit older than me and they were like, this is on our minds all the time. It's like, where are we headed? And you know, what they want ultimately is they want, as we said earlier, they, this ideology wants division. It wants division and destruction. And they've, they've done a pretty good job of mainstreaming the belief system in the past year, ever since um, the uh, death of George Floyd, it could have been any incident, but that was the one that worked for them and sparked this mainstreaming of the ideology so that now all these corporations are speaking it and um, all the soccer moms in your life are speaking it. And I just use that to me, you know, colloquially, I just mean people that, you know, just random average people are now speaking what I used to hear just coming from uh, uh, people who had gone to like elite colleges were indoctrinated. Now it seems to be everyone. Um, 
they want division. They want destruction. They want to destroy every ritual and every tradition that holds us and binds us together as one people that brings us together. They are opposed to the the ideas of Martin Luther King Jr. who said we should judge people on the content of their character rather than on their race. They're opposed to that. They want us to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. They want to keep us divided. They want us to judge people on the basis of sex and sexuality. And, you know, they want us to make all of these judgments and treat people as if they're group members based on immutable, you know, identity markers rather than treating them as individuals. And they don't want us to Martin Luther King Jr. appealed to what he helped to. He helped us as a country, much like Frederick Douglass, to progress and to move past collectivism, past racist collectivism by appealing to what unites us all as humans by appealing to what brings us together, what we have in common. He used, he even used inclusive language, actually inclusive language, like we and us and our, these people, the woke cult, the woke ideology that's become mainstreamed. It's all about dividing us. They don't use inclusive language. They use the phrase inclusive a lot. And, but look at what they do when they say inclusive, they exclude. So it's very Orwellian. They use the opposite of what they're doing. They use the opposite words. Like we just pointed out, they use anti-racism for racism. They use anti-fascist for fascism. They name things the opposite of what they are. They say, we're all about inclusivity, but they're about exclusivity. They don't use we and us. They don't talk in the way Martin Luther King Jr. talked about, like what brings us together? What's our common humanity? They don't talk the way he talked. They talk about us and them. White people are like this. Black people are like this. White people will never understand black people and vice versa. Like they have this whole, um, whole way of, of separating and getting you to look at people first and foremost, based on what racial group they're in, based on what sex they are and to make judgments about them and to tell them that to treat them differently on those things and to say, well, you don't get to have an opinion in this case because of your white privilege or you don't get to have, well, you're wrong. You know why? Because of your male privilege. Of course you would think that. Why? Because of your race and your sex. So what's and the so, answer to the question? What's I'm trying to get to the there. Question? My answer oh, okay. to the question is, again, there's like new people who watch us sometimes. So um, they are about division. Where are we in 20 years? Is we are a country divided. And if we continue down this path, I think, I think that things are going to get really bad financially, first of all, because one of the things that one of the things that's happening with this divisive ideology is that we're so distracted by it and having to respond to it as it tries to rip us apart from the inside that they keep us, they keep us arguing. So nobody's actually looking at, Hey, Hey, guess what? Um, they keep printing money and inflation is happening and they keep making decisions that aren't necessarily right for, for us. They're not, they're not, they don't have our best interests at heart. The government doesn't. I don't believe that anymore. And I think we're going to end up in a really dark place where you're going to see the Californication of other states um, where policies are passed. And this ideology is used to pass policies that hurt people while they claim they're helping. And we're going to end up in some kind of uh, uh, escape from L.A. scenario where we need like a snake bliskin to come in. And help us. <laughs> I'll be too old by then, Carrie. Uh, 
That snake um, blitz, okay, Escape from LA will be the Kurt Russell movie that's playing out in these United States, but I'm going to have escaped to a yacht like uh, overboard. I'm going to be in the Kurt Russell movie <laughs> overboard and be <laughs> to get away from it. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um all right. I I would like to comment on this particular question. Um I do think it's likely that the US will continue in the same direction, so I don't think it's a question that's irrelevant. Um, I think the best that we can get, I, so I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be cynical, but uh, look, we, we have to be realistic. And we're many empires last about 250 years and die. We're at the end of that phase. Um, there are a lot of parallels with uh, the fall of Rome and uh, the state of the United States right now. We've we are living on borrowed time financially. Now, the problem with the I'm an Austrian economist. Uh, I'm not an economist, but like I, I like Austrian economics. But the problem with the Austrian economic model is uh, it's bad at predicting actually when the government's Ponzi scheme will collapse. It will collapse when is largely dependent on the psychology of people lending money and accepting US dollars as IOUs that have any value. So, you know, it's it's sometimes difficult to know when that will happen. You can kind of know that it will. It's kind of like uh, if someone's snorting coke, like Charlie Sheen's going to die someday. And I, I think it's going to be related to cocaine probably, but I don't know when. <laughs> like whatever he's doing is bad, but exactly when he's going to OD, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's cleaned himself up. I'm just using Charlie Sheen as an example. Um, so I think the best that we can do actually is, I don't think we want to be a single country in 20 years and beyond. Uh, because if we are a single country and we've been going in this woke direction, which is the premise of the question, then the country itself is a hellhole. I mean, we it goes just like any country that goes that slides into some form of socialism slash fascism, authoritarianism, right? Um, and it's a mix that we're sliding towards here. It, it'd be a mess. It's not not the America that I, you know, grew up believing in, and certainly not the America that the founding fathers outlined and, and envisioned. So I think the best thing would be. In 20 years, the United States is geographically smaller and someone has seceded. Fingers crossed for Texas. Uh, <laughs> someone has seceded and said, you know what? We're out. We're out. Uh, we're going to re-implement um, the original intent uh, of, of the Constitution. And maybe if we're lucky, they'll fix some, some problems with it. But whatever. They're going to step out. They're going to step out of this. Uh, that's the best that I think we can hope for in the next few decades. I don't think a scenario in which we are all still one country, I guarantee a scenario in which we are all still one country, I guarantee that country will be worse than it is today. Um, and, I'll, and I'm guaranteeing it because rewind 20 years. We're worse than we were 20 years ago. Rewind 20 more years. Well, that was better than <laughs> that was better. Rewind another 20 years. That was better. Rewind another 20 years. That was better. I mean, basically, with, with a few exceptions, like the abolition of slavery, um, 
most of the most of the march of the U.S. government has been in the wrong direction. So why would you expect it to suddenly turn around? It's not like there's a groundswell of liberty lovers that have suddenly taken over control of Congress. All right, that was a long answer. I don't know where Carrie went, but she seems to be, her camera's there. She just jumped out. I don't know why. So she'll come back. Okay. Super Chats. Dom. Thank you, Dom. Dom says, I took a glass, a, cl- a glass. I can't read, Dom. Sorry. I should take a class in reading. I took a class called Intellectual, sorry, I still can't read. I took a class called Intercultural Communication, and it was CRT word for word. They put CRT under softer names to disguise what it actually is. Yeah, because critical theory itself is kind of an esoteric uh, philosophy, right? It's a, it's a, it's a framework for um, dismantling meta-narratives, right? It's most classes aren't going to talk about that, but they are going to take the results of that and then apply it to whatever um, thing, in this case, communication. Well, if you're going to apply critical race theory to communication, you're going to start out with some premises. Every every race must have vastly different forms of communication, and you will never understand each other. That would be like premise one, because – and it like critical race theory would kind of dictate that premise one for communication would be you could actually never talk to each other because – you have different languages and um and and i don't mean physically languages you have like different uh ways of viewing the world different cultural experiences and it in communication is actually impossible uh, so brian gives us 10 bucks and says do you know of any audiobooks that cover the abolition movement and american ideals i do not maybe someone in chat does um that would be a good book though Finest City Cycling says, funny that Wokies are upset at Chris Ruffo's redefining CRT. Even if true, it's a typical woke tactic to bastardize language. They're not actually upset by that, though, right? You know that. They're, they're upset that he's talking about it at all and that he's effective in opening people's eyes to what's going on. I'll Fight You Naked gives us 10 bucks and says, good to have you back. The amount of preference falsification mixed in with NPC drones repeating received opinions is the curtain. Where's Toto when you need him? (laughs) Well, I think there's lots of Totos, people trying to pull that curtain back. Um, But again, as we've talked about a lot, uh, a lot of this is psychological, not intellectual. Um, So I don't believe that I sometimes say, like, these people are low IQ. Mostly I mean Maxine Waters. Um, but uh, I it's I don't actually believe they're low IQ. They're just, they have psychological barriers that prevent them from um, applying their reason. Uh, and again, as we said before, another way to put that is the elephant's running around and the rider's just like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll justify whatever you want. Um, GeoDZ? says, have you seen Mark Zuckerberg's 4th of July surfing vid? I have it here. Uh, Carrie, have you seen this? I have not. Do do you want to? All right. Uh, I, you know, okay. (laughs) Once you see this, you cannot unsee it. Now this he posted to Instagram and just to be clear, he posted it with this background music. No one else is, this isn't like 
you know, I didn't add music. No one added music. This is the, this is the video. All right. Let's see if this works here. Oops. Hold on. All right. It's going to take a sec. Sorry. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, there's all my desktop. Hold on for a sec, guys. I'm boomering. I had to reset the monitors. And now I don't even have I don't even have it up anymore. My whole I lost my entire browser when I reset the monitors. Carrie, do you want to do another super chat while I'm looking for that? Sure. Uh, Eric O'Sullivan gives us $15. Thank you, sir. He says, love the channel. Keep up the good fight. I'm a huge sci-fi fan. In 30 years, the southern U.S. states will be literally fighting over potable water. Check out The Water Knife, a 2015 film by Paolo. I cannot pronounce his last name, but it's called The Water Knife. Thank you for the recommendation. Brian right, got, gives I've us got 10 oh, okay. okay. Brian gives us $10 and says, where will we be in 10 years? I don't know. <laughs> Where will I be in 10 years? Busy living my best life. That's awesome. Lifting up as many people as I can along the way. Happiness is only possible through personal agency. I think that is the best attitude to have about if you're in a time when society is crumbling around you and uh, things are falling apart at the seams is just to exercise control over what you do have control over, which is your life. Yep. Yep. All right. Here we go. This is your your Zuckerberg moment. You will definitely love this. All right. I don't hear any music, but it's John Denver in the background. For some reason, music's not working. But this is Zuckerberg. This He posted this for 4th of July. Uh, in the background should be John Denver, Take Me Home. Uh, that what's that song? This West Virginia, blah blah blah. That song yeah. is playing in the background while he uh, hydrofoils <laughs> with an American flag. When I first saw this, I thought it was. Um, I got to be honest. I thought it was fake, but it's not fake. That's Mark Zuckerberg. I saw someone said you may have read this already, but someone gave it was either in the chat or a super chat that said that they had Facebook posts removed all weekend for quoting the Declaration of Independence. And then, really? yes, which I've seen that happen before. It happened last year. People had um, posts removed for quoting the Declaration of Independence. And yet, then Zuckerberg posts a photo of himself with the flag, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But again, I think it makes sense if you remember that people aren't, they're not using reason. They're not using, I think for a lot of people, you know, they can hold up the flag and then also be working to censor you, uh, to censor the declaration of independence, to destroy the constitution, to push propaganda, to push all kinds of things that the flag that, that are against the, that are against the flag. They can be doing those two things simultaneously and not think about it because this is just, it doesn't mean the flag doesn't mean to them what it means to you. A lot of things don't have meaning for them at all. Like there's no meaning. Yeah. Well, so this is, we've talked about tribalism before and it's important. I think it's important to make this point. Um, historically, many nations are, I mean, nations kind of almost arose out of tribes, right? 
it's just a it's just rank tribalism like why is you know why does france hate england like no reason <laughs> whatever <laughs> like just tribalism it's just tribal which is gross and disgusting and anti-intellectual um however uh the love for america was not fundamentally the same kind of tribalism the the love for america was the love of the principles because again when america was founded it was founded upon principles that were unique and that had not been seen in the founding of nations in the past and so and it was very welcoming i mean uh the the founding fathers and and um early americans loved immigration like immigrants were were welcome they were building a country you the idea was you were coming to the nation for the ideals that were enshrined in the founding documents and so the flag was a symbol of those values of those ideas but the more those ideas are uh corrupted and usurped and the more those ideas are replaced with just some kind of mixed economy authoritarianism you know, milk toast crap where we just aren't really much different than the rest of Europe, the flag actually becomes increasingly just plain old tribal. Here's our land mass. This is a flag for the people within our borders. Blah. It's just tribal. And that's not, that, that is not anything to respect about the flag. What the, the thing that was respectable about the flag, the thing that mattered was the ideas that it stood for. And the less America stands for those ideas, the less that flag has any kind of meaning and the more it becomes just a tribalist symbol. And so Zuckerberg, I think, is just showing, I'm a member of your tribe. What does it stand for? Doesn't matter. Doesn't care. He's in the tribe, the end. It's anti-intellectual. Um, because if he cared about this, he wouldn't be uh, <laughs> forbidding you from posting snippets from the Declaration of Independence, right? If he actually cared about the ideas behind the flag and it wasn't just a symbol of rank tribalism, he would encourage talking about those ideas on his platform and he does not. So, all right. Where are we next? Andrew Joyner, do you wanna read that one? Do you see that one, Carrie? No, go ahead. Andrew Joyner says, I was arguing with a Marxist once and we went round in so many circles, I got dizzy. When ideologues go on the defense, they are expert at obfuscation. Yeah, which I think actually takes an IQ, which is why I hesitate to say they're low IQ. Like, they're, they can be quite good. Um, but again, it's just the writer justifying the elephant. Stephen Landau says, uh, the CRT argument seems distracts from the real issue. What they are teaching our children we have allowed these authoritarians to overstep their bounds. We should be teaching our children morality. I think that was Carrie's point was it was a big distraction, right? Um, and, and you're right there. I think, you know, personally, I don't, I don't like the idea of an institution teaching my child morality, uh, unless that institution is extremely well vetted by me. Um, so I guess if you're a Christian, I could see you saying, well, I know this Christian school that you're going to, and they're going to teach my values, and like that feels good to me, and I'm going to trust that they are moral leaders in some way. Uh, if you've if you've vetted that their particular type of Christianity, um, but there's not like <laughs> there's not really a place for 
rational atheists to send their children where they're going to teach them uh, reason and objectivity and critical thinking. That just doesn't exist. So it's my job. Uh, let's see. Blackbeard says, my son came home confused about CRT because his uncle and all of his nephews are black because we don't see race because we are all family. I assume that your your son isn't black is what that sounds like. Um, yeah, well, it is confusing, right? It is confusing. It, and it separates kids. If you watch kids play on the playground when they're young, they don't, race isn't an issue. They don't even think about it. They don't, it's not a, it's not an issue. You have to teach them. Uh, you have to teach them to view different races as different people. Um, thanks, CRT. Eric Winberg uh, gives us two bucks and says, very eloquent, Carter. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I don't know what that was about. I'll Fight You Naked says, the front line of people who broke into the Capitol are labeled person one through 20-something and getting immunity. Why are only trespassers getting the book while those who did damage go free? I don't know the answer, but we've talked about it, and Tucker Carlson has talked about it uh, extensively. Um, either informants or some connection to government agency would be an explanation for this. Whether that's true or not, that would be an explanation for why those people would not be getting prosecuted. And we do know that there was heavy uh, both infiltration and, and informant connections to the three main groups accused of the January 6th, I'm just gonna call it a riot, I guess, if, if even that, I don't like the word insurrection. Uh, so that would be one explanation, but I don't know. Uh, you read that one already. Christopher Gorey says, one of their favorite tactics is to bait people into losing their temper and violating terms of service. One more of us fired, banned from social media, etc." Yeah. Because they're not going to get, they can they can say all sorts of things and they won't get banned. Um, Penumbra Syndicate, uh, I got to meet Penumbra Syndicate at your wedding. Hey man, good to see you here. Uh, he says was told to read Kendi by someone who obviously had never read Henry Rogers the other day, and I have. People who defend CRT get their news from memes. If they got their news from memes, they'd probably be a little more based. They get their news from the cathedral, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> uh, you know who Henry Chris, Rogers is? I don't know who Henry Rogers is. It's Ibram X. Kendi. Oh, I don't know who that is. It's Kendi. It's his real name. Henry he's Rogers just, is Kendi's name? Yes, he's just making a joke about, like, they've actually never read Kendi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. There, I didn't yeah. know that was he has he changed his name. Oh, is it because uh it's probably even one of those Kendi sounds more woke than probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right. Christopher Gorey says over the weekend Facebook deleted several of my posts quoting the Declaration of Independence and yesterday's oh, October posted the holding the flag. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um Maldred. <clears throat> hey Manny says, uh be proud of our country. And for those who fought, sacrificed, and died to allow us all the freedom of opportunity, there's a reason so many people want to come here. You understand freedom and what it is when you live in places where you don't have it. Um, yeah, and actually, I was, uh, I think it was Michael Malice that posted this conversation on Twitter, and it was eye-opening. Um, it was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly, but it was between two people, and um, it was a Cuban who had 
escaped Cuba and, and come here. And he had to told his story. And the American responded, the Native American, native-born American, uh, responded and said, wow, I feel so lucky to be in the U.S. after you're telling me the story. And the Cuban said back to him, lucky? I had someplace to flee to. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> when this place goes, unless Texas secedes, hint, hint, Texans, uh, <laughs> there's no place to go. There's no place. If we're, if we fall, there's, there's nothing left. Um, I'm going to read Geo says, as thank you, sir. He gives us $10 and he says, as okay. a friend of mine said, when they saw Zuckerberg's video, I actually have zero problems with the Zuck working on improving his impersonation of a human. <laughs> I really like that one. Thank you. Which is true. Do you want to read the others? Because we got a couple more. No, no, actually, go right ahead. Oh, let me find them. Uh, C. Jones says, I do wonder if anti-extremist will start to become more commonplace like anti-racist has. My dog is an anti-extremist, anti-barkist. Sorry, an extreme anti-barxist. Should I worry? Much love. Uh, my dog used to be, dog, well, my, my dog used to be a barxist, but there was a brief period where he considered himself a he he identified as a cat and he was a meowist then, but now oh, he's against nice. both, which makes him the most blocked dog on Instagram. He's on a block list. Our cat is definitely a meowist. Uh, it's not fun. Okay. Another one from Penumbra Syndicate says, idea. Dems had CNN cover them all through the 90s. Fox News upset the media balance of power. Did Fox slash CNN create the division in America we see now? Uh, they might have helped create the false dichotomy of left and right a little bit, or at least uh, perpetuate that idea. Maybe if there wasn't Fox, more people would kind of recognize um, that there's not just two things on the spectrum. I don't know. It's a good question, though. Um, that one you read. I think we're caught up, Carrie. I think we're caught up. Unless you see any of that, I don't. I think you're muted. Maybe not. Cool. Okay. Uh, can <laughs> one more? Can we do one more Fourth of July thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, did you see this guy um, on Twitter from the Lakota tribe angry about Mount Rushmore? I did not. <laughs> okay. I, I know this sounds silly, but I. This is just such a, it's so representative of the, the mentality and the willingness to just say things that aren't true. Um, so he, here he is, Lakota Man 1. He posts, hey, America, fuck you for desecrating our sacred mountain. And happy 4th. And he's got his family flipping off uh, Mount Rushmore. And I was intrigued by this, so I wanted to read more. He says, our beloved uh, Pahasapa, Black Hills, before colonization, destroyed its reverent cultural significance. And he posts this picture of Mount Rushmore prior to, uh, prior to the carving. So let's go to HistoryNet and learn about the Lakotas and their possession of Mount Rushmore that he's very pissed about. How dare we? The Lakotas warred against settled agricultural people such as the Pawnees and 
Arikaras, and also against other mounted nomads such as the Cheyennes, Kiowas, Arapahoes, and Crows. Upon discovering, in quotes, the forested slopes and lush meadows of the Black Hills, his beloved Pahasapa, around 1776. Interesting. They discovered they discovered wow. that mountain around 1776. The Lakotas, now well supplied with firearms, proceeded to <laughs> displace the Cheyennes and Kiowas who had previously enjoyed the region's abundant game, timber, and water. Defeating the Arikaras in 1792 allowed the Lakotas to expand into the Middle Missouri Valley and what will become Western South Dakota. In 1814, the Lakotas made peace with the Kiowas, who now formally recognized that their former enemies controlled the Black Hills. In the early 1820s, the Lakotas joined forces with another former enemy, the Cheyennes, to drive the Crows out of what would become Eastern Wyoming. Historian Elliot West describes this expansionist burst in his award-winning 1998 book, The Contested Plains. By the, 19, by the 1830s, he writes, the Lakotas were the preeminent power in the Northern Plains. With the Black Hills as their spiritual and geographical center, they ranged west to the Continental Divide, east to the Missouri Basin, south to the South Plate and Smoky Hill Rivers, and north to, to the lands of two powerful rivals, the Crows and the Blackfeet. The reason I'm Bring this up is it sounds a lot to me, Carrie, like the Lakotas were um, a warring kind of colonializers. They mm -hmm. they uh, they went in and stole land from other tribes, and uh, and now, 150 200 years later, this guy feels like it's worth flipping off <laughs> the people who then turned around and stole it from right his ancestors. Uh, I just found that kind of funny because um, some of this stuff, like there is legitimacy to, oh, the, you know, colonists did X, Y, and Z to people. And there's clearly examples of abhorrent behavior, but sometimes they can't even find a real example of <laughs> like, it's just like, so you stole it from someone else with guns? Like what, <laughs> what's your beef, man? What the, the, the colony, the, the colonies were a bigger bully. Like, is that, is that your problem? That yes. you lost, you started like there's some playground fights and you lost. That's your problem. Yeah. Stop pretending to have the moral high ground. <sighs> Lamelak, thank you, sir. Gives us a or ma'am gives us a super chat at four ninety nine and says grievances are always conveniently timed. We'll keep coming out of the woodwork in this environment that seeks to accuse America instead of celebrating. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right, Carrie. What else? What do you want to talk about today? What else do you want to talk about? I feel like I've been pushing. I you go right ahead. <laughs> I go right ahead. There's there's just a bunch of little things. Uh, did you see what um, a leftist group did to John Lott? Do you know who John Lott is? No, I did not. Ugh. So John John Lott's the guy who wrote uh, "More Guns, Less Crime." He's like a gun scholar, and there's a there's an article in the Wall Street Journal all about how um, a leftist. And by the way, I think this is a waste of resources for them, and I don't know why they felt like this was a great gotcha, but this leftist anti-gun group invented a, a high school called James Madison Academy and made a website for it, which no longer is up, and invited him to come speak at their commencement ceremony. And then there's like a whole bunch of antics that they did to try and to get him to come a day early. They got him to come early to do a rehearsal um, they said everyone has to do rehearsal. They had a venue that looked and had like school banners and stuff. It like all looked real. 
It's a lot and, of effort. Yeah. And they kind of forced him to talk about particular topics that he didn't want to, filmed him, took it out of context, snipped it together, and then said, here are the things that he was saying that were horrific, which he wasn't saying. And he is now... And it also paid him his like the the upfront they paid him a little bit of money upfront. He didn't get his travel wow. expenses, first, but they they went all this just to clip some stuff from him. And now he's saying to them, just release the full video. And I'm like I don't have a problem with this. Like, but of course, what will they not do? They will not release uh, the full video. Um, wow. <laughs> I what? Just, it seems like such an inefficient people. protest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the art, the headlines about this right now duped into speaking at fake graduation that's a yeah, lot there's of a effort. wall street journal article called the school that wasn't there um <laughs> I'll post uh it. the footage featured clips of lot talking about gun background checks as the group panned over the empty chairs and insisted that thousands of high school students die from fire and violence annually uh wow what jerks <laughs> it's such um a, i like what he said is uh if they feel, quote, if they feel that they have a strong argument, why is it necessary to take video and take things so completely out of context? I mean, why is it necessary to do that? If they had confidence in their claims, they wouldn't have to do stuff like this. They wouldn't have to lie and they wouldn't have to go and take things out of context. He, he added, this is what Lot said. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, that's one of the more over the top tactics that I've heard. A group do before gosh it's, it's just, a lot of effort yeah imagine if they put and, that effort towards something positive <laughs> right and you and know? actually also think about how it wouldn't it's not going to convince anyone right no. like no <laughs> but zero they feel like they'd be convinced by this i know they probably feel like they did something it's like it's like when uh if you think about a personality disordered person and i'm sure we've all had one of these in our life before um, who maybe gets broken up with and so they stalk the ex and they spend a lot of time trying to destroy them and stuff. And I always think about people like that. I'm like, that's a lot of, like I watch a lot of true crime, you know, and that's a lot of effort. And, and sometimes you're talking about really dumb criminals who make really stupid mistakes, but other times you're talking about pretty smart people who decide to get revenge or whatever. And it's like, wow, imagine if you took that mind and all that time and all that energy and put it towards creating something <laughs> instead of trying to destroy someone. It's just a lot of wasted potential. Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, if they spent that money uh, teaching people the safe use of firearms, they would have saved a lot more lives. Yeah. If they care about firearm deaths, for example. Um, yeah, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. I'm a little bit impressed that they went to that extent. He's got to yeah. be flattered a little bit. Like, wow, <laughs> getting a few minutes video, like of clips of me out of context is worth all of that. That's amazing. All that trouble, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think he was that important, but uh, I like the guy, though. He knows his, he knows his shit. Um, Joe Leisure says, I'd be a stalker, but man, it takes a lot of time and effort. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It does. Yeah. You ever seen any yeah. of these shows about stalk? They take a lot of time and effort. Oh gosh, yeah. what's that one? Anyway, there's one case I'm thinking of. This guy, uh, 
it'll come. Oh, Deadly Intentions. It's an old true crime book about this psychotic, like this, this sociopath, this doctor who stalked his own wife and plotted her murder. And it was so involved and intricate. He was a really smart guy. And you're like, you look at something like that, like this, he had disguises and costumes and ways to get through the airport and all this, you know, it's like a lot of time and planning. <laughs> you uh, could have started really your own business. Not liking her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have started his own business and then just divorced her and had the money to move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Um, B. Allen right. says, gives us a $5 super chat and says, the ancestors of so-called indigenous peoples of North America are thought to have come from Asia across the Bering Land Bridge. Yes. Thank you. So they should Thank be protesting China. They should be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then, oh, this is great. There's another super chat, and it's in the British money. And it's uh, from Neil's TM. It says, Euros. 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 And he says, The Wave. (laughs) 1981, The Wave, Carrie, my first super chat ever. Thank you for the super chat, your first one ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Woohoo. He messaged me or dinged me on Twitter earlier. And suggested this movie and said we should all watch it. So um, I'm going to check this out now. It, it, there's a lot of a lot of great books and a lot of old old films that are really relevant right now. You know, Stepford Wives, the original. Do you know anything like about that. what it's about? No, I don't. Which is even better. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm just going to watch right. it. Thank you. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Bart Tomsky, I think, is personally offended that you thought that was British money. <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry Bartowski. he says you take that back That's, you know it's all british to me no i don't know <laughs> all look same europe <laughs> sorry the euro oh oh gosh i'm sorry look at all the europeans diamond tuesday says yes i'm also horrified okay it's the european money <laughs> see your your whole Brexit thing didn't even matter, man. It's you're still <laughs> still your. Uh, let's see what else has been going on. Have you been following the Tucker Carlson NSA thing? No. Do I need to? Uh, <laughs> should I? I should it, probably know about it. Tell me about it. about it. There's nothing real surprising about it. Um, he apparently had a source saying that the NSA was reading his emails, um, and he. Oh, I did hear this. Yes, he said okay. something about that um, on the air, and then the NSA followed up with a kind of carefully worded statement about how they're not targeting him, um, which is like, okay. I thought you were going to say, then the NSA called him from his wife's phone number and said, said, we're calling from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, he was sitting on his couch and the TV just said, we're not spying on you. Um, (laughs) His Alexa came on and talked to him. Yeah. (laughs) His refrigerator denied him access. Exactly. (laughs) 
So yeah, so he he says this, and 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 you know the NSA releases this statement, and the left has kind of gone on this. I won't even say the left; the, the mainstream media, uh, the cathedral, has kind of gone on this campaign to paint Tucker Carlson as this crazy person for suggesting that the NSA might be doing something. Of course, that they are. It's contraindicated in their charter. Uh, of course they are. Did these people not know and, about the Patriot Act? Did they not follow? Did they not follow all the wiretapping that uh, actually that, yeah, he, the wanna... Clinton the Clinton campaign? Edward Snowden. Remember hello? this guy? <laughs> you guys remember? You, and everything that happened during the Trump campaign, all the wiretapping and how they had the two person rule where they then they could make it wider net. Yeah, the two hop rule, and you don't know. Of course they are. They're wiretapping all of us, you moron. Like, yeah, I feel like after Edward, I literally after this dude, after Edward Snowden, the crazy thing to think is that the NSA isn't tapping your phone. Like, yes, they are yes. collecting data. They collect data on whomever they want. No one's ever called them to task for this. This guy's still on the run because he's considered a criminal um, for exposing unconstitutional behavior from the National Security Agency. Excuse me, if someone could tell me, did I miss? Uh, did I miss the complete gutting of the NSA, firing of everyone, and restructuring it, and closing of massive uh, listening facilities inside the U.S.? Because I don't think I missed that story. It didn't happen. Nothing happened after Snowden. There was a little bit of like, we're going to ask you some questions that you'll lie to. And thanks. Okay, go away now. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing's changed. So the idea that he's crazy for thinking that he might be part of, swept up in part There's of There's absolutely nothing crazy about that. It's, even no. if he didn't have a, a contact who's telling him that he's being spied on, he should assume he's being. I I assume he's being spied on. Like, of course. Do you, can you put up this meme, Beverly? That I, I love just that seen? meme. You reminded Beverly. me of this meme, so I just found it. So this is if you're just listening and you're not watching, I'll tell you what's in it. Uh, I'll explain the funny. There's a black and white photo of a woman on the phone, and it's in in the '60s. It's a dated photo. It says people in the '60s, and the woman's on the phone. It says, "Oh, I better not say that, or the government will wiretap my house." And then you see a woman today who's cooking and there's a speaker in front of her in the kitchen. And it says people today, Hey, wiretap, do you have a recipe for pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it's like today. I know. I, that's why, by the way, that's why I got rid of my Alexa. Uh, we had it. My wife brought it into the relationship. Actually. Uh, she went out and got it. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I got rid of that stupid thing. Yeah, Alexa, no. For that I reason. That. I don't need that in my house. Even the phone. Even the phone I've gotten to where, you know, I, I put it I used I put it on a what do you call it? The airplane settings or whatever. But that doesn't turn it off. That doesn't really if they want to listen to you, it's not really turning it off. You should I should really start putting it in the other room. I was trying to do that for a while and then I quit. Put it in the other room. Yeah, just put it yeah, just put it in the other room and that way like they can't defy the laws of physics. It's still hard for a mic to pick up something if it's through some walls in another room. Yeah. So, uh, 
But plus yeah, I like I content myself with thinking that if any anyone is charged with spying on us us lowly unsafe space hosts, um that they just have to listen to me talking to my dog all the time. <laughs> like, who's the most adorable dog in the world? And they're logging, like, oh, God, she's talking the dog again. She's an extremist <laughs> dog supporter. Like, it's, like, really boring stuff if you're listening in, honestly. <laughs> like, how did I get the most beautiful dog in the world? And you live with me. What are the chances? That's, that's really all Carrie, you're hearing. That is what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Anthony. That's all I have to say. I mean, you know. <laughs> what are the chances that I would end up with you? What's it like? Let me interview you, puppy. Like, God, this lady's crazy. Can we stop wiretapping her? Okay. <laughs> if people are trying to, people are trying to enlighten me. You know, there's also a Mac and there's also iPhones. Yeah, dude, I know. Like, don't don't worry. <laughs> I'm not. I don't trust anything with a microphone. Ah, I don't even trust my TV. <laughs> So, no. yeah, you, you gotta assume. You gotta assume, and it's sad that you have to assume that because uh, it's absolutely unconstitutional and uh, shouldn't be happening. But, but it is. But so, it is. Yeah, we have just like China has uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics. We have freedom with, I don't know, authoritarian characteristics. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> freedom with woke characteristics yeah yeah that's what we got um yeah so that's all that's all oh and you'll appreciate this <laughs> brian St stelter uh your favorite oh, cnn guy <laughs> yeah your favorite george costanza of cnn uh <laughs> brian stelter had this dude on his show. What was the guy's name that was on his show? I don't remember. Some one of these talking head people. Uh, oh, it was Oliver. Was it Oliver Darcy? I think, I'm going to find out who it was oh. just because it was someone. It was, yeah, it was Oliver Darcy. He had Oliver Darcy on, and they said. Another propagandist. They're, they're, yeah, their, their big argument was Tucker Carlson is the new Alex Jones. That's, that's their, oh. that's their well, thing that's they're pushing now. That's but see the thing is this works for the sheep like we were saying earlier Joy Reid ridiculously trying to claim which they're all trying to the top down now they're trying to claim CRT's not in the schools um, if it, it's just a legal theory uh, that's not CRT like what they're just throwing whatever everything against the wall to see what will stick but it but it works it filters down to the sheep. And, and you will see, so if that's what, if they were, if they are now trying to say Tucker Carlson is the new Alex Jones or whatever, just wait, you're going to start to see people in your life on Facebook. If you, if you have any Wokies in your life, they're going to start saying that. That's what robots do. They just say what the programming is. And, you know, oh, this comedian I used to I represent. I think it may also be used to ban Tucker Carlson. Yeah, this, this comedian I used to use who's just awful, awful. I used to manage um, W. Kamal You're not Bell. Name drop though. Oh, oh no, I will. And uh, he's thoroughly woke. He pushes woke ideology. And when I first started working with him, I was very excited because I was a true believer, and I could tell what he was doing on stage 
um, was unique. You know, he was taking, he was doing social justice. He was doing the stuff I was indoctrinated into in college and he was making it accessible and making it funny. He, he is very funny. He can be very funny and he was making it funny. And I, I was very excited because I'm like, this is going to be big. We're going to be, this needs to be everywhere. It's educate. I thought it was it. Of course I was, remember I was in the woke cult. I thought it was educational and also humorous. And, um, and now since in the time that we haven't been working together, if you look at his trajectory, he's still on the CNN show and he's putting woke through CNN, like, like these other uh, Brian Stelter, these other propagandists, you know, Oliver Darcy, he's putting this into homes through the legacy media with that show constantly. Um, why did I bring him? Up? Oh, because I've, I've seen people have sent me to like, look at what Debbie Kamau Bell saying. They've sent me screenshots occasionally of him talking about Tucker Carlson. He seems to really hate Tucker in particular, but when he talks about him, he calls him, he straight up calls him a white supremacist, which is yeah. so dishonest. And it shocked me because he wasn't that, I don't recall him being that bad when I worked with him. I think sometimes it's like wokeness is like a degenerative disease. It just gets worse. <laughs> It really does. It's like a virus that just, it it's like a it cancer is. that yeah. just eats away more and more and more of your soul until you're willing to spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Until you're willing to actually say things like that. You maybe weren't willing to say in year six of your woke journey or whatever, you get to a place where you are willing to say things that are flat out dishonest and damaging libelous and uh and, and dangerous and and with with total disregard for that person's safety because you know if if you if you think you call someone like tucker carlson a white supremacist which is absolute an absolute falsehood and it's one of the worst things you can call someone and you're putting that person's life at risk when you do that it's it's a it's a multi-faced lie because on the one hand that lie when you say when you make that lie you're uh, it's weird because you're you're simultaneously uh, insulting victims of actual white supremacy. You're belittling it. You're making that word mean less. You're trying to strip away meaning from that word because you're using it about someone to whom it doesn't apply. Then you're also putting that person's life at risk and not to mention dragging their character through the mud. That's an awful lie. You're telling lots of different lies at once when you do that. And anyway, yeah. I, so I've, I'm not surprised I've been because I knew uh, he was saying that and that's a CNN host who's already saying that, who's saying that awful scurrilous lie. And so, of course, they're going to try and push this. They're going to try and take Tucker. Remember, we talked about the Overton window at Carter and how it just keeps moving. And so, um, you know, one day it's like, March yeah, left. one day they're like we need to get rid of Alex Jones. And you see, I remember when they were trying to kick him offline and I, I was shocked because there were people in my life who I considered to be liberals who were signing petitions to get him off Twitter, Alex Jones. And I was like, what's wrong with you? That's you're a liberal. You can't be signing. Why are you signing petitions to censor people? I don't understand. And don't, and don't you understand that one day it's going to move. It's going to move past Alex Jones. You're going to keep moving that window. Well, now guess what? They've moved it to no, Tucker Carlson. They don't, no, they don't understand. It'll come for you too. That's what happens. It'll come for you too. Well, yeah, I and I do think you're going to start to see Tucker Carlson. The, I think they're going to use this. So first, they're going to equate him with Alex Jones, and then they're going to say, "Well, we banned Alex Jones." Um, 
So now we have to ban Tucker Carlson. That's exactly, I think that's exactly the trajectory that we're going to see. Um, so, and in, in defense, and you know, look, Alex Jones, I mean, if you've been paying attention, you're starting to realize how, yeah, he's hyperbolic and not right about everything and a little bit crazy, but he yeah. was right about a lot more than people gave him credit for, at least yeah. directionally, if not in the details. Um, so, if anything, the world kind of owes Alex Jones a an apology for marginalizing him because, you know, he's not that he wasn't that far off on a lot of things. Not everything, but yeah. So, yeah. So that's by the way. I will in in Brian's defense. There's one thing I really like about him, and that is he makes me feel really good about how I look for my age because he is thirty. Was he like thirty five? Yeah, wow, that guy. Put up a He's picture 35. of him. I'm like, I'm way Chris, older than he is. I'm over Chris a decade Scars. older than he is. Yeah, Beverly, find a very f- flattering, find the most flattering picture you can find of Brian Stelter. Brian, Chris Scars gives us a $15 super chat and says, uh, Session is the answer. I think he means secession. Yeah, I'm a super serial extremist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Uh, I think he means. Did you see the one before that? No. Why bother sent one and said, uh, well, AJ was pretty close on gay frogs thing. Not technically, but a shot in the right direction for a layman. Yeah. Right. Like he he wasn't technically right on a lot of things, but he does. He's directionally (laughs) correct. (laughs) Look at this picture of Brian Stelter. That's That's right. Is that the most flattering flattering one? one? I don't know. (laughs) That. That's pretty scary. Look at that smile. Can we actually, can I, can we do a little lesson here re- real quick? This is something Josh Slocum and I were talking about. Um, if you look at a sociopath, I'm not saying he's a sociopath. I have no idea. Wait, go back to that one, Beverly. No, because I want to show something. That smile in that previous picture. Okay. Y- you know why that's creepy? Okay. If you were to take your hand, take your hand and cover up his smile and just look at the eyes, they don't go together. The eyes and the mouth don't go together. There's something wrong there. It's like a predator. It's like a shark smiling at you. Do you know what I mean? It's like- uh, There's get, not the, the crow's feet smile in the eyes. Area. Yeah, it's it's like someone putting it, like, like uh, one of the super chats earlier said, they appreciate when Mark Zuckerberg tries to uh, pretend like he's a human. That's what this reminds me of, is, is when you see like sociopathic people, uh, and I'm not saying he is, maybe this is just a bad photo, but they're oftentimes their smile looks like a mask. Beverly, scroll down mask. again so we just see his eyes. I want to look. I want to look on the. Just look at his eyes. Doesn't it look like I'm gonna eat you? That's what Josh Slocum calls it. <laughs> like, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look I like he's I, having we, a. Does a everyone good laugh? look like that? Find no. someone authentic. Can we do that with someone authentic? He doesn't look like he's having a good laugh. He looks like. He's about to devour you. There's another one where he looks that way, where he's about to devour you. Hillary Clinton has this fake smile, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, a lot of his look like that, actually. Like a math. Look at that one. Ew. You know who he looks like there? He looks like the guy, one That's of my favorite movies one, is Full but... Metal Jacket. He looks like uh, Gomer Pyle from Full Metal Jacket. Well, I think Therese in chat, Therese Lupo nails it. She says Pennywise. Yeah, that other one looked like Pennywise the Clown to me. Oh yeah. Oh, anyway, okay. Well, thank you. That was creepy. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by 
creepy Brian creepy Stelter. Uh, I think we All should right, wrap no, up. No, people, don't start quoting. Don't start quoting Full Metal Jacket, especially the scenes with the yeah. Okay. <laughs> Empress we'll says just for what's in chat. <laughs> says the lizard people in V looked more human. Yes, they did. I remember that series, mm. the original. So there was a new one too, which I watched, which was not as good, but it was all right. But I really uh, like that old one. Yeah. So yeah, the old one was great. I actually I wanted to talk about the Wii Spa thing, but let's save it for Friday because I really don't have the energy to get into it right That's now. Fine. Honestly. That's fine. And then people have time to read about it if they want to. So, by the way, Reed Moore says ad hominem time. I will admit that was that's some ad hominem. It's not an argument against him. You're allowed no. to con, you're you're allowed to engage in ad hominem if you're not doing it as a substitute for an argument. Brian it's not Stettler, an argument. He's not wrong because he's ugly. Right, he's just ugly. We're just having a conversation about not liking his looks. I this is a great point. People need to real like ad hominem is actually when you're trying to substitute like criticizing the way someone looks or something about their character, or whatever. Personal and you're trying to, you're trying to put that in place of an argument. We're not making an argument. We're just saying he's ugly. Other than that, he's <laughs> <weird looking>. <laughs> like, <laughs> or a creepy looking or whatever. And right. I think honestly, someone who looks like him with a genuine smile and, and with a gen who I was a sincere person and who someone I respected I would probably have a very different outlook on how they looked. I, I know, has that ever happened to you, Carter, where someone who you may not be physically uh, attracted to at first, but then you, their personality, it's not just, this is, oh, people think yeah, this yeah. is BS, yeah. but it's not BS. Their personality yeah. makes them more attractive and vice versa. Like someone like Alyssa Milano, for example, who's supposed, you know, if you just saw her features, like attractive person, right off the bat. But then when she starts speaking woke, it's like, oh, that person's really ugly to me. And I don't know. Anyway, sometimes it's their just their demeanor, not even what they're saying, but yeah. how they how they behave. But yeah, um, so it's not we're not pushing our. So this guy also saying you're pushing your position via the insult, saying he's a shark and non-human. We didn't say he was non-human. We do think he looks creepy. What we think he looks like has nothing to do with the validity of what he's yeah. saying, and we should make that clear right no. now. It never does. That's it not what we're does. saying. We think what he was saying is invalid for a whole bunch of other reasons, which we've talked about in the past and which we mentioned a little bit today with, with Tucker. And by the way, there are people who push back against woke who I also think are sharks and con artists and narcissists and sociopaths. And they have mm -hmm. the same freaking shark smile. <laughs> like yeah. they have the same fake smile. It doesn't, yeah. it's not limited to like, Hey, let's just talk about uh, people we already don't agree with. But anyway, I'm not going to, cease to notice things or to point them out because you don't yeah, like I think that I th it's an insult or something or that I, I mean I do this in my well, daily life with Carter I would say hey oh we just did this with someone about our gut uh I, I won't mention any specifics but when you were here we were talking about someone in my real life who my gut was pinging about and it had nothing to do with she probably agrees with me politically oh, and socially and culturally on everything yes her uh -huh. And even religion-wise, yeah. but my gut was pinging, and I was like, "There's something not normal here. Like, there's something a little off here. This person seems to be yeah. wearing a mask of some kind." And I've gotten better at trusting my my gut in the past two years about people wearing yeah. masks. Yeah, and there's definitely something off. And the other thing I'd like to just say, blanket, is as we go, um, as we as we talk about some of this stuff, we are going to be trying. I mean, we're not psychologists 
but we are actually curious about what's going on psychologically for people. And I am. And because yeah. I think a lot of this stuff is psychologically driven. And so we will be looking at things and, and trying to offer opinions and or ideas, not proofs about like, maybe this is what's going on. And maybe that's what's going on. It seems to me like it's X, Y, and Z. This seems to me, you know, we've talked about cluster B stuff. It seems to me to be cluster B behavior. Uh, but none of that is, you know, like fundamentally our only arguments are about individualism. <laughs> And like, yeah, that that's basically it. It's like, you know, a, a objective friend. metaphysics, reason as epistemology, individualism politically, like that's kind of the end of the arguments. None of that requires any of this. What we're trying to now do, those are the things that are taken for given on this channel. And what we're trying, or sometimes we'll talk about them explicitly and defend them using not ad hominem. But beyond that, when we analyze stuff, we are going to be getting into areas that are like, well, what do I think this person's doing? And some of that could be insulting and can be viewed as uh, judgy and ad hominem and whatever, but it's not ad hominem because we're not ever arguing that they're wrong because of this stuff. We've never once and never will argue that someone's wrong, that their position okay. is wrong because of any of the, the way they look, because of the about. way they look. Or by the way, way they, they and that's what woke does, by the way. They will say that. They will say you're wrong because you're white or you're wrong because you're a man, <laughs> or you're wrong, right. but you know, they will say those things. Uh, I just want to say two very funny super chats. Ronnie says, for your coffee disguise fun, thank you, Ronnie. He re remembers the story uh, about me going in, in disguise. And then uh, John says, Carrie's absolutely gorgeous. Brian, not so much. Thank you. Is that mean- Oh, so Carrie must be right. Compared to Brian? Compared to Brian Settler? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. very kind. Look here. I want to do an example. This is what I don't know if I can do it, but this is what I mean. Like if somebody's eyes were like, uh, you can't do it, Carrie. Yes, I did. Did I, did you see? I don't know. Wait, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super creepy eyes. And then yeah, you pull down and you're like, wait, that doesn't go with the smile. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, who has a face like that? Joy Reid. Look at Joy Reid's profile photo, current profile photo on Twitter. Look at her smile and look at her eyes. I think really? it's a creepy combination unless she's changed right. it in the past two days because I was looking at it. No, I'll, I'll pull it up. Uh, and here, I'll, put, I'll, I'll stick it here. I don't know. Let's see if it's the same. I'm, yeah! I'm, a, little bit, I'm a little bit autistic, so I, I don't know. Maybe I can. <laughs> I guess a little bit. I have to cover her face. Hold on. Eh, I don't see it like I saw Brian there. Sorry. That's okay. But Brian was more obvious to me. No, no I don't want to accept the casserole from you. <laughs> like, Wait, what was that? You, for some reason, you weren't on screen when you said that. What, what were you saying? I'm just saying, I'm if you were to come to my door and offer me a casserole of that smile, I might not eat it. <laughs> 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 anyway okay all right well thank you guys for joining note. us happy happy fourth of july weekend yeah happy happy independence day everyone if you want to hear off. the reading of the declaration of independence look at the video that we posted yesterday uh where we read the declaration of independence with a 12 year old and um yeah 
we will see you guys. Oh, this Friday we have Cameron Pasha and oh, we're trying to get someone else, but Cameron will be on the show this Friday. And mm-hmm. I don't actually know what else is going on this week, but probably other stuff. Do you know, Carrie? No. We have book club coming up. You can still join us. Oh, Catch yeah. 22. And if you want more info on book club or if you want to see any of the previous episodes, you can go to unsafespace.com to the book club page. It's free to join and participate and just hang out with other people who've read the book. You can do it. You can be on camera to have the discussion or you can just be in the live chat. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. And as the, to, to roll the credits, since I've boomered the credits a couple times, I don't know if it's my computer or what, Beverly is going to roll credits. So bye, everyone. Whenever Beverly presses the button, that's when the credits will roll. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators will report to the Enrichment Center immediately to receive a surprise. I am disappointed that you are still watching. I have made a note of this failure in your record. Experts agree that critical race theory is not a deadly neurotoxin. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.